So I've noticed a lot as well with like a, a journey of healing that again, with the laws of attraction and with healing yourself just for the purpose of leading a more fulfilling life. There's less chances for depression and anxiety and getting caught up in other people's things and and feeling the wounds that are not yours to feel and healing the wounds that are not yours to heal. And when you're really working on a, a personal journey, if you are making those steps for positive impact and change, people around you, whether or not they will admit, they, they start to feel those things. Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I talk with movement enthusiasts to learn who they are, what they do, and why they do it. This episode is with Lindsay Kleinberg, Experiencing Nature, Creating Connection, and Healing. Lindsay Kleinberg advocates for nature play in the most important way, practicing what she preaches. She shares her experiences raising her family through alternative and nature education and why it's important to her. Lindsay describes the benefits of home gardening, self-care, and how she approaches creating change. She discusses books, blogging, art, and what she hopes to achieve in her community. Lindsay Kleinberg is an educator, artist, avid gardener, and nature play advocate. She is the founder of the Finding Place Lehigh Valley, a Reggio-inspired micro-school whose mission is to reconnect kids with nature. In addition to her master's degree, Lindsay is certified in many areas, including nature-based outdoor education and school garden coordinator. For more information on this or any episode, go to moversmindset.com podcast. Thanks for listening. Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. I'm Lindsay Kleinberg. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for taking the time out of your, I'm assuming, busy schedule, mother, educator, arts, council, gardener, food <laughs> grower. I mean, I'm not trying to make light of all the many things that you're doing because I think it's really, on one hand, I'm always super curious, like, how do because I have the same problem. I'm going to put ideas and words in your mouth. I have the same problem of too many things to choose from. And I spend a lot of time trying to figure out like, all right, where do I put the crowbar to get the most what I want? Like self-healing, recovery, uh, best for my kids, best for my family, best for the world. So let's start with, I am so down with the whole gardening and growing food and being outside barefoot and not like I'm homeless and I live on the street, but I'm real, and like Lindsay is rotating. For those of you at home who can't see, ha ha, she's rotating all the stickers about. I, I like save the pollinators, by the way. And we were talking a little bit. We mentioned, I'm going to say, a mutual friend we have who's been on the podcast. We like talked about organic gardening in Rodale, which happens to be nearby. So I, I'm going to say, when you guys, you and your husband decided to have kids and start a family, did you were you thinking like? all right, we have an idea of how we want to raise them from the very beginning? Or did you stumble, might be a little mean, or did you stumble (laughs) into, ooh, you know what we should do, and like course correcting as you go. So like, was it a designed journey for the kids, like the kids experience, or or was it more of a, I don't know, what could possibly go wrong? I think as a slightly OCD graphic designer, I have a plan for everything and a plan for when things go wrong. Mm -hmm. 
so I definitely had an idea of what I wanted my children to experience before I had children, like 20 years ago already. <laughs> but uh, Time then I um, started implementing that when I did have my children eight years ago. Hmm. One of the things that, I, that you write about and Instagram about is... I should just let you like talk about it, but the, the idea of like, you need to get down into the dirt, literally, you need to eat food that was grown. And like, it's a, it's a long, deep rabbit hole of like, well, then what's the soil and are there worms and in, like, there's a whole bunch, but like at the most basic level, I love the way you, you put it. Everybody should grow something like start a window garden, grow an herb. And I think obviously you're right. I think you're right about when you care for a plant, there's there's like, yes, maybe it's food. Maybe it's just generally good for the environment. But there's also something you learn about yourself, about being responsible and nurturing and caring. And I'm going to guess your kids are old enough that you've now had a chance to like, not just like, yes, see them learn. But as they get older, now you can start to talk to them about, so what are you guys thinking now that you see the rest of the kids in the world? And you you now you realize that, oh, my upbringing was sadly unusual right so have you have you had a chance to get some perspective talking to them i'm going to say talking to them as like you know adults now not you know they're not like out with their kids their own their own airlines and things but now that you're able to talk to them about it what have they thought about what you guys have done in their upbringing my children are five and eight and we have always talked to them like living humans who exist in a world that's ever-changing I think that they recognize that they are different than other children. There are obviously people who have been brought up to, to farm and garden and, and uh, experience nature, but they have been talking since they were before the age of one. And we have talked about growing and, and tending and, and creating and evolving ever since they were very small. And I think that they're very appreciative of the, the freedom and liberties they've had with the opportunities in nature to explore and investigate and, and find themselves. Hmm. So they do recognize that they have had different opportunities than other children. And, and I think it really impacts how they interact with other people and how they interact with themselves and each other and, and us as a family hmm. and our and our property. <laughs> I was just going to say, do you think it's enough to, I don't remember, was it Gandhi who said, be the change you want to see in the world? Do you think it's enough? And I'm, I'm guessing you're going to say no. Do you think it's enough to, for them to simply, simply, <laughs> as if it's easy, to simply grow up as, you know, decent people raised with good food and good background? Or is it necessary that you, that they also go on to do what you've done, which is, yes, okay, I'm, I'm raising people as best I can, but I am also doing outreach. I'm also opening my garden to visitors. I'm also bringing other people in. I'm also, I've taught, you know, like your CV is rather long, right? We, we kind of skip over that part. Um, but like, what are your thoughts on, on like, it's one thing to be brought up well and to recognize the benefits that one has gotten. And then is there a responsibility that goes with that for them to eventually go on and follow in mom's footsteps? I think that they obviously have their own opinions or the ability to do, do things in a way that they feel is fit for them. Uh, I think that starting so early and just 
creating a strong foundation in in empathy and uh, stewardship and taking care of the land and themselves and growing, planting seeds. I wrote about that on my blog a few weeks ago, like planting seeds of hope and planting seeds of change and planting seeds of, of flowers and planting seeds of food and how every day we should plant a seed. I think that when you just do these things and they're not done with expectations, they're just done because you feel like it's the right thing to do. I don't think my children even think about it as as a, like an extra responsibility. It's just an extension of themselves. And I imagine that they would continue to do that when they get older because it's just what they know. Hmm. It's not a chore. It's not like a hardship. It's we give back to people and, and we give assistance and we grow and we teach because some people don't know this and we want to raise awareness and um, my children want to be marine biologists and artists and teachers and engineers when they grow up uh, because they want to make a difference and they want to improve the space so that other children can learn and play and grow. So I don't really know who listens to the show because like it's podcasting. It's really hard to tell, but I suspect that a lot of people who listen are, um, I'm going to say like in a leadership position. I don't mean like they're, you know, in charge of a Fortune 500 company. Although if you are, please hit the tip cup. (laughs) However, the people who listen, they might be um, a parkour instructor or they might be a parent of their own or they might, you know, be a team manager. Like there's, they're not like doing things all by themselves in a bubble. And if they're nodding along as I hope they are going, yeah, like I'm picking up what you're laying down, Lindsay. Uh, I'm wondering, so I know you have a lot of experience in teaching and I'm wondering if there are things that you see that let's call this a a fire that light this fire within people. Like, is it, is it the first time they plant something and then it grows and then it like a pepper, you know, and then they get to eat, like eat the screen, eat the string beans. I guess it's a common one for kids to do. Right. Is it, is it the planting and the growing and creation of food or is it, you know, something more horticulture is like, what, what are the things that I'm going to say, light the muggles up to make them realize that there's a whole uh, another world out there that they could really be involved in. So that aha moment with, uh, I think that recently I was at the Rodale Earth Day on the farm and Mm. I was running events there. I was doing their activities and there were a lot of adults who had brought their children and they were very excited and it was 35 degrees and 20 mile per hour winds, but we were planting seeds of fruiting plants. So we were planting seeds for watermelons and sunflowers. And no matter what is going on, I always take a moment to remind people. Um, I talk to the children and the parents at the same time. I'll look between both of them when I'm talking Like, remember, these are organic seeds. So when you grow the fruit, you want to take some aside and clean the seeds and wash them and lay them out to dry. And then the parents said, and then, and then what? (laughs) And they say, then you save them and next year you plant them. And they go, but okay, so then what do they do? And then they grow into watermelons. And they're like, what? Like, everything you need you already have. Like, you can buy one pepper 
and you could grow 40 pepper plants from one single pepper. Right. And each pepper plant, even if it's a terrible year, will get three peppers, and each pepper will have 30 to 50 seeds. Yeah. And they're like, but then what do you do? <laughs> and you eat them. <laughs> And then you clean the seeds and wash them, and then you plant them. And they're like, well, what happens if it doesn't grow? Like, well, then nothing is different than if you didn't do anything to begin with. And, and you could see for a second that the adults that even brought their children to this event at Rodale, which was like so fun, and you got to do so many different things and experience the farm in different ways. These are people who are already knowledgeable about organic and they did not realize that we already have so many things at our fingertips that we're just like throwing in the garbage and I think that's a really moving it's not even like putting the seed in the ground it's recognizing that there's a problem and recognizing that there are solutions that nature just gives to us Sometimes I just want to press stop <laughs> just because it's hard to like, yeah, I got nothing to add to that. Thank you. Yes, please. More of that. Also, I wish I could talk somebody into composting around here, but anyway. I do. Uh, I compost. No, I know you compost. That's not who I was referring to. I'm working on it. <laughs> Let's just say I'm working on it. That's also not who I was talking about. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. Nothing to see here. The Let's let's turn left. Remind me the name, uh, not Montessori. We've Waldorf. Said, we already did this before. Yes. Please give me that in a paragraph so people don't know what it is. So the Waldorf practices really work with the environment as if they're teacher. They use a lot of natural materials. Uh, there's a lot of play and folklore and storytelling, uh, real hands-on learning. My daughter is making little breads on Monday and then they bake them and she eats her homemade bread on Tuesday in school and she's in kindergarten. Mm. And they work with real beeswax clay and they, you know, sing songs and they follow uh, rituals that have to do with the seasons and, and other natural learning experiences. So we really take parts of like Waldorf as well as Reggio Emilia and Reggio Emilia really focuses on um, learning based on the experiences in your community, multi-generational learning and also using environment as a third teacher and natural materials as well as light. Mm -hmm. And they learn everything through the lens of an art studio. So I take pieces, bits and pieces of both of these things when I'm considering my path for education. <laughs> what to do. So the town that we're sitting in is gentrified. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, is it enough to, oh, I'm going to say this is bad. Is it enough to just fix the kids? Or do we also have to, like, is there, did you ever hear the phrase, there's a, a fold in the newspaper? Like, mm. is this above the fold or below the fold? Like, some of the people are below the fold. Like, Sorry, like you don't need to get, you don't need to leave in a hurry, but we're going to just go around you. But I'm wondering, 
you know, there are people who, a lot of people who have a job and are busy and, okay, we're not commuting to work these days, but I don't see anybody going, I suddenly have so much free time. When the pandemic first started, uh, I'm normally out and about every day. All of a sudden it was like, every day is Saturday. There are people, I'm like, this, there's hope for humanity. Look, <laughs> parents with kids and look at all that, like, you know, like social distancing. Yes. But the parks were jammed. Now we're back to normal, mm-hmm. uh, back to the, the, you know, the normal Western, not so good normal. And I, I'm just wondering, cause I, th- I think you have some interesting ideas, interesting in a good way, interesting ideas about how to use art and how to, to like attract people to, well, just the whole, like they came to the organic gardening thing and somebody stood in front of you and you were able to say something that probably changed the parent enough that they might've went home and I don't know, did something different. We'll take it. So I'm just wondering, like for people who are listening, who get fired up, like, what do you do with that? Like, where can they go or what can they try to do to see? Cause like if we were talking about parkour, I could, and lots of people listening, we could have a discussion and we know ways to engage people and how to get them to play. But how do you do that with the, the holistic concept of culture, uh, permaculture and gardening? And Okay, good. It's not just me. <laughs> uh, so much to say. I think it's, I think that people think it's really difficult and it, it puts a roadblock in and, I think that the most difficult part is that everyone is something that I've recognized while doing all these things and really being barefoot outside and being dirty and like digging and and getting upset when I'm working really hard on my garden and my next door neighbors don't know anything about gardening and they have a bajillion tomatoes and all mine have died. <laughs> I, oh, the tomato gods, yes. You know... I, um, so many people have become stuck in these arbitrary time schedules where they're stressed out. They have no rest time. They're not taking vacations to replenish their connection to themselves or to nature. I I just think they're not maybe seeing their children as, as children anymore either. So it, it makes it really difficult I think for people to see like and know how to make changes Hmm. I think that the easiest change to do is literally get a pot of dirt and put it on your back slab you don't have to have a yard You, you can be anywhere you can be in the city you can be in the suburbs you can be on a farm and still have a small plot that is just for your children for them to grow and plant or literally make a fairy garden or make put dinosaurs if you don't like fairies, whatever, like a car pit, I don't care. Have a plot of dirt where you are in there and you are touching dirt every day. You don't have to be making something grow besides your imagination and your love for an appreciation for the earth. And I think that we just are not thinking about that because we're like, oh, I've got to make the bucks and I've got to do all the things and I've got to be in all the clubs. But none of those things are really replenishing like human traits. Hmm. I don't know. I think we've just gone really far away from being humans. I 
think one of the big, I know this is a big challenge for me, one of the big challenges is for people to learn to say no to stuff. And because uh, I don't think you're going to push back because you're nodding quietly. But some people push back when I say, you need to learn to say no to like everything because every yes is a no to an unknown number of things. And whereas one no is just one no. You've only said no one thing. Um, people push back and I say, you know, organisms are composed of cells and cells have walls. <laughs> cells say no to basically everything except oh, I'll take some glucose, thank you, or I'll take some of this. And I think that if people slow down, ha, that's hard, slow down and start to think about, well, and not that I'm going to pick on video games, but like, why do I want to watch this TV show? If you have an answer for that question, like it's family bonding night or, you know, my kids haven't seen the Star Wars series, which needs to be rectified. Or, you know, my kid wants to show me this cartoon. Okay, whatever. You can, you can entertainment is legit. People used to tell stories around fires, that, which is better than TV, but also a complete waste of time, right? We're not producing anything, but what are you doing? Well, you're bonding with your family members or you're bonding with your, your group of people or you know, whatever, whatever word you like for the people that we hang out with on Tuesdays. Um, so I think for some people, bowling league is awesome. Like, you know, get out, move your arms a little bit, do your thing. But when everything just becomes what's next, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that, and it becomes like a harried rush from thing to thing. Um, so I totally agree with you. I think my brain is trying to remember somebody's name. I'm not going to get it wrong, so I'm going to just skip it. Someone in a podcast said to me that was talking about sit spotting, just, mm -hmm. which is like sit and spot things. <laughs> Super easy. Go out. And he recommended finding, like find a place that you can do this like over and over all the time every season. So maybe it's a favorite park bench. Um, and you just go there and sit and see what you spot. And then go home, you know, and then do it again. And I, I think part of the magic of that is it creates silence in yourself. You know, first time you sit down, it's like, oh, a bird. You know, like, then after you do it a while, then that you realize that that's a much more, a much more fun way to be. Um, so do you, do you, uh, somebody like... I was going to say, do you teach your children like those kinds of self-healing practices intentionally or do they like soak it up? You know, that's just what we do. You, you do what I'm saying? Yeah, I, um, we actually do a lot of yoga with uh, our friend, the lovely little Lotus. She has stuff online as well. Um, Larissa is great with children. And um, we... A few years ago, my son asked for a garden Buddha for his birthday. That's all he wanted. And then both of my children chose where to put it in the garden. They picked the stump. And just on their own, when the flowers bloomed, they picked one of each flower and placed it in the hands of the garden Buddha. And um, that could sound super corny to somebody like, oh, I don't know. And I literally started to cry I was just like oh what are you what are you guys doing and they're like well we're giving thanks for our garden and then they both will stand very quietly on the rocks or they climb the magnolia tree and they just sit there quietly just standing just because and I mean it's not something that you never go past a school during recess and see children standing quietly on the grass, like during recess with their arms out and their hands open to the sky. Like 
kids are screaming like crazy and running around and falling over and doing whatever. I think that we, I mean, if you drive past my house, you normally see at least my children on a blanket laying in the yard every day. Sometimes they're also eating. Sometimes they have crafts out. Sometimes they're, I mean, it could be anything. They're normally painting or doing chalk or cutting up things for garage sales for six months from now, making art. <laughs> Trust us, Mom, this is going somewhere. <laughs> there are all these types of of healing. And, and we have done sit spots before as well. And we do have our places. It's normally this ornamental cherry tree to the side where the kids, if I can't find them, they're normally in a tree. And... It looks different all the time, but it looks different based on what they need. So I'm thinking about energy levels, right? So kids, I mean, like kids are kids, right? Kids are energetic. Kids, you know, the battery is fully charged. I'm good for about four hours and then I need a nap. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and like, yes, that's the circle of life. But there's also an energy level that I see... Uh, not that I go to the supermarket a lot, but you know, the classic scenario is you go to the supermarket and there's two parents and three kids and this kid wants that and this kid's pulling things. And like, and, and I look at it and I go, okay, what actually is wrong here? Like, I mean, yes, your, your kids are holy monsters, but um, the problem is not, you're not disciplining them in the market. That's not going to fix anything. You, you know, and like, corporal punishment doesn't like so what and i'm thinking i'm just thinking now it's like yeah there's an energy there's like a i don't know if mom and dad are grumpy and angry guess what happens to the kids they like vibrate to the same everybody dances to the same tune and i i think with when your children spontaneously do what to some people might think look like crazy stuff (laughs) i don't think it looks crazy but some people might say oh that looks crazy what your kids are doing is going like yeah look this is the type of person that i am you know, like, okay, it came out with flowers in a Buddha or it came out in a Christian prayer and somebody else's kids, however it comes out, they're demonstrating that they have a, um, my brain's going like a longer wavelength there. They're more tuned in. And I'm thinking that people who might be interested in like, like, what the heck are you guys talking about? If you are not in one place long enough to experience the seasons, that might be something you should think about. Or if you aren't, if you've never experienced... For example, if you live in San Diego, you've never experienced more than one season, maybe you should go somewhere and freeze your ass off for, you know, and be like, okay, I get it. And then after a couple of weeks, you're like, oh, this, this isn't so bad. We have hot chocolate or hot coffee or fires. And I just think you're, you have a, a considered point of view about, yeah, there's, there's like a, I'm waving my hands rhythmically as if to demonstrate a long, slow, there's seasonalities to it. And I think that trying to explain that to adults is freaking hard. <laughs> I was about to say it and she like looked up like, oh my God. And I, I'm just wondering, are there ways, and I, I'm not going to like, we have to figure out how to tie this to movement. No, we don't. It's my show. It's whatever we want. I'm wondering, are there ways that we can use art? Because uh, sometimes art really surprises the heck out of me. Are there ways that we can use art to like sneak this lesson into the adults? Because I really think there, there are like a whole swath of people who are still in a position of influence. I was going to say authority, but it's not that. Like, you know, there are our school teachers or they are police or they are educators or whatever. And like if we can sneak this into those people so that they like 
become a font of sanity or you know stability or whatever then that that ripples and it i don't know if you said it in the recording or not you but you had mentioned about trying to i don't want to be the person who does the change i'd like to be the person who creates the ripples in the pond okay so this is the part where craig tries to find a question mm -hmm. you can just start talking over yeah any so <laughs> i just wanted to say first of all the kids that are having meltdowns in stores yes this has happened to me occasionally but i find that if you are prepared with food drink comfort and you're not on your phone when you're with your children in a store shocker what are you talking um, about that's crazy if you're actually giving them attention because they're humans and before you go in the place you're like okay everyone we're going in here for these three things and i need you to help me find them and these are on our list and this is what we're doing and when we get home then we can do what you like proper room right I find it really cuts down on the amount of aggravation. But also, how do we awaken adults to recognize and remember what it feels to be a child and move and create and have imaginations and be a free-flowing human? That's a really difficult question because I don't think people want to hear anything that I just said. <laughs> Well, the people listening, well, I mean, no, who listens? But the people who are listening, I think they'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. And for me, I'm always trying to think, yeah, we're, on one hand, you and I, like, we're preaching to the choir here, right, probably. Um, but so people who do parkour or art plus bomb free running, they know, or at least people who have thought about this, and if you haven't, please go think about it. People who have thought about it, they know, like, yes, when somebody walks up and says, what are you doing? I don't go, like, shut up, get away from me. Like, you know, I, I yeah. or like, I have a right to be here. Like, no, we know to be like, oh, I'm out playing. And like, you you act happy and joyful. And then most people, they're not ready for the message. So they just like, wacko, and they, you know, walk away. Um, my favorite was the time I had a lady, I was balancing on a railing, and I was 10 feet in the air, and she walked up to me, and she said, get down from there, that's dangerous. <laughs> as if, A, it had never occurred to me that I might fall. And I looked at it, and I'm like, well, it was safer when you weren't distracting me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that wasn't the right answer. So so we all, like, we know in, like, the, the movers know how to share the passion of movement. They should know. But I'm just wondering, like, how do, like, there has to be ways that we can, uh, and, like, the, the parent who's already having a bad day, dealing with kids having a meltdown in the supermarket, probably nothing we can do to help. You know, maybe other than to just say... I offer snacks all the time. I'm like, hey, I have extra snacks. Do, do you, either of you need a snack? Because <laughs> a lot of the times it's the parents, like, you haven't taken care of your own needs. You did not recognize that you also need drinks. Why did you take your kids to the store right after getting out of school when they haven't had comfort time yet? Mm. And you are also sh shoving way too much stuff on your own plate before taking time to just like readjust to being together again. I mean, as far as like art and movement and sometimes like art comes in all forms. And I think one of the most therapeutic and easy way to tap into this is literally have like five to 10 minutes of crazy dance time at your house with everyone where everyone has to, <laughs> Like, move as crazy as you can because everyone starts to giggle. And no one can be angry when they're giggling. Yep. And I think it's something so easy that people just overlook. Like, I'm feeling bad and I just start yelling. And I'm like, I'm not a yeller. What am I doing? And then 
I will like step back and apologize. Like, I'm sorry. I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I put way too much stuff on our schedule today. Like, how are you guys feeling? And they're like, I don't know. You're yelling. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, let's go put, and I let them pick out a record and they always pick the craziest ones, but they're always so fun. And we put them on and just randomly put a song on and we have a crazy dance party. And then, I mean, we have a, we had paintbrushes outside for a while, like against a wall and we just paint with water. Like with our whole bodies. Mm. And then it's so satisfying. And then it dries and it's gone. It's fine. And you can paint anything and then it's just gone the next minute. And you're like, oh, well, that felt good. We try to... Painting music is a really good thing. So putting music on and then doing drawing or painting or artwork to illustrate what you're listening to it it really works between like right and left brain and it gets you thinking in like a different way it gets you out of your head and you have to focus on something other than yourself Hmm. and I think um I don't know there's so many making mud art (laughs) I mean my kids are normally covered head to toe in mud and people don't really associate nature with art but like the art of making mud and even integrating chalk and wet chalk is the best. And then just smearing it all over your sidewalk, like just getting dirty, I think is a therapeutic thing. When you said nature and I'm like uh, cave paintings, like, yeah, (laughs) I'm thinking, yes, art's been around forever. Do you get, uh, I know that you do. So I'm going to say, do you get enough opportunity to share your passion for, I don't know, in your mind, what do you call what you're doing? I have a really hard time describing. I was afraid you were going to say I, that. I really, I was even thinking about this today. I've talked about a lot of, I really wanted to go into art therapy. And it was a long process and I was already taking a um, teaching certification course. And I was told that I was, I got into the program, but that I wasn't allowed to be in both programs at the same time. (laughs) And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, I'm not allowed to, or I'm going to pay for this. So, like, is it just because no one's done it before? (laughs) So I went into teaching and then also got certified in art. And I, like, went around them, basically. And I, I really think what I'm doing with like gardening and nature education and alternative education and basic life skills and and art all together is really just making a journey of healing with all of the components that are just so readily available. So I just feel like I'm making connections and I'm I'm just on a, a path of healing and trying to spread knowledge <laughs> Lindsay Appleseed thrown, so she's making a gesture she's got apple seeds in her pockets yeah do you recall like where where did this where did it all start do you recall where it all started do you remember the, a Lindsay before this Lindsay no I actually wrote about this today on my blog right before coming over <laughs> I had post like five seconds before I was here about 
Salastesia. It's this, um, it's a nostalgia for, like, it's more than homesickness. It's a, it's a nostalgia for the place where your spirit rests. And uh, I think that's been my journey for, like, a really long time. My grandparents, my great-grandparents had a, a farm that was over 100 acres. So I grew up wild and free and covered in mud and sticks in my hair and rolling down hills. And it wasn't a working farm anymore, but I think it held a lot of the qualities of a working farm. And then it was sold when I was 12 in an auction. And I think I've been trying to get back ever since. So I have not read the blog post that you published five seconds before coming. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering, so I have too many. If you could, like here, here's a, a pretty like standardized question. But if you could write a letter to yourself and we're going to put it away and you're going to forget that you wrote it and then we're going to give it back to you like in 10 or 15 years or whatever or 20 years, um, what would you put in a letter to yourself in the future? I mentally do this a lot. <laughs> it's not the same as writing the letter. I think that I would write to myself to continue moving forward mm. and take less time to look backwards. I know that with the laws of attraction and growth, you need to remember certain things, but also learn from them and then take what you learn Cut, and right. and go. I can't drag. I should be talking to myself in, in the person of a letter. So don't let the weight of your memories <laughs> and nostalgia drag you down because you won't be able to make the movement that you need to underneath all this weight. Remember to take time to do the things that you enjoy because you enjoy them and not because you think that the world needs to change <laughs> and plant a seed every day. Mm -hmm. cool, cool, cool. I'm like the, I'm not sure how much of the soundscape, I mean, I, I do know, but the, the my neighborhood keeps changing an hour ago or whatever, 45 minutes ago, they were ripping the street up. Now the wind died and it got very quiet. So I, I love, when I do get a chance to record outdoors, it has its own challenges, but it's always nice. Um, Anytime we've, we've been talking about shared experiences and, and like being in nature. And when I, when I do these recordings and I get a chance to share a space with someone, it's always very different than, <clears throat> than if we do them online. Uh, I mean, like sometimes like, I, sorry, I can't go all the way to Singapore to do one, you know, <laughs> but so there's the, you know, the opportunity. All right. That outweighs the lost shared experience. But in this case, it's always fun to get this chance to sit down with someone and, and like, you know, hear the train go by or whatever. Um, so I, I think your perspective is, I hate to say it, but I think your perspective is unique. It's too bad, which should be shared by more people, right? And I think that maybe people will be moved by hearing, you know, people listening going, yeah, I probably should read that letter too today and next week. Do you, uh, well, the, the self-care practices like aside from the obvious of, of like gardening and getting dirty do you journal do you i know you blog like are you blogging as 
like I, I started blogging as self medicine, but like, you know, why do you blog? Why do you, do you journal? Why do you write for yourself? What are your thoughts on what you do to care for Lindsay? Um, I think I took a really long time not caring for myself. I was caring for so many other people as a way to not think about the things that really needed to be addressed. I think that's why a lot of people go into art to begin with. So I have been really thoughtful and meticulous about the things I'm doing. I need to get outside and have outdoor time. Of course, being a nature teacher, I had the privilege of having tick-borne illnesses and and <laughs> celiac. So, um, Lyme disease. Yeah. So... I think it's so easy to get caught up in everything and then forget that if you're not working on your wellness, that you'll have to take time to <laughs> fix your illnesses. So, yes, I, I have been talking about starting like a small school or a nature program. And then January, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to start by, by writing a blog and I'm going to do it every week and I'm going to do it for myself and if one single person reads this and says oh I didn't know that or oh I didn't recognize that seeds make plants that we can eat or I can garden with my children and it's not as hard as I thought or what does authentic childhood mean anymore is it still a thing or is it a memory those things there are things that I think about all the time and things that I hope that just one other person I know thinks about. And so I am ultimately writing as a form of reflection so that I can grow and I can be not only a better person or a better mom or a better wife or a better friend or educator, but also so I can think about my role in the community and how and where I can make change. Because while I'm writing, I always read over them again and then again and then <laughs> and I am just working to make change and you can't make change if you're not reflecting amen <laughs> once more louder for those <laughs> in the back I I yes more of that please I think the uh, and but there's only like yes I find that I spend too much of those efforts of mine online and they go, oh, I'll, I'll just write a blog. <laughs> I, I have an enormous blog. It's a problem. And I'll do this. And then I'll have podcasts. And like, sometimes I really need to remember, you know what I need to do today? I need to find a way to do that. This, uh, I need to find a way to manifest that same spirit, but IRL. Like, mm -hmm. you know, in the big room with a blue ceiling that's sometimes black. And for me, sometimes that's like, I'm heading for the beach, you know? And I just go, like, you know, I woke up at, I went camping. And it was, it was like I woke up in the wee hours of the morning, you know, if you know that joke. And it's like, well, while I'm up, I'll walk the 40 yards to the beach and just <laughs> sit here for an hour. You know, like, well, the, you know, I love Vonnegut's, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. Yeah. And, and so sometimes for me, I, I have to actively remind myself to like, yeah, or instead of publishing a blog post, Craig, you can go for a walk. Or you can invite your friends to join you, you know, on some sort of outdoor craziness or whatever. And I think that that's... A, a really like, like once you get your mind wrapped around, once you get your own mind wrapped around how important that is for yourself, you kind of lose sight of like 
how bad it is when you don't have those practices and, and you see people, um, I, I'm going to say 30 years ago, I saw people and I was like, well, there's something wrong with you. And I, you know, and now I'm like, now I know what's wrong. And I was like, I still don't know how to help you. <laughs> I mean, it's like the, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear and I'm not a teacher and I don't want to be a teacher. But I think that if we can share blog posts, if we can share conversations that don't really have a point, you know, that like we're recording it and then people can listen and if it touches them, great. If it doesn't, well, you're not, you've already pressed stop. Like, okay. So that's like, I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down. So I've noticed a lot as well with like a, a journey of healing that again, with the laws of attraction and with healing yourself just for the purpose of leading a more fulfilling life. There's less chances for depression and anxiety and getting caught up in other people's things and and feeling the wounds that are not yours to feel yeah. and healing the wounds that are not yours to heal. And when you're really working on a, a personal journey, if you are making those steps for positive impact and change, people around you, whether or not they will admit, <laughs> they, they start to feel those things. Yeah. And... And as little bit at a time as I can do, I want to work on that. And of course, I'm not a perfect person and I have bad days or lots of bad days. But <laughs> I, I have taken time as well to say, like, what are, the, what are the minimum basic things I need to do? I need to talk to a therapist once a month for an hour or I need to... I've been volunteering at Rodale at their founder's farm. And so I will just block out on my calendar uh, one to four hours in the morning, one day a week. Mm -hmm. And then I'll call them and I go over and I'm working with work, like right. with pitchforks and shovels or and planting and labor, harvesting. Right? <laughs> and I'm covered in dirt and I am sweating like crazy and it it's free and I don't have to pair a therapist and it feels <laughs> so good I'm laughing with you it, not at you you know not to say like yes I still do like to talk to a therapist because she does um, EFT so she does tapping and she teaches you how to like calm your body I really appreciate that and I need to be reminded often but working really really hard and getting super sweaty and dirty with the intent to make sure that other people are eating healthy yes. is is so rewarding in so many ways. And I can tell when we went to the beach or we started school and we missed a few weeks, I, I'm like, why am I so angry? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing something that I need to do. So, you know, people find time to do the things they want to do and the things that are important to them. And it's just taking a moment for us to remember and recognize that we're worthy of being happy and healthy and we need to work on that and um, I think a lot of people just forget they're just stuck in this life of living and this life of existing instead of living I like, I like that the existing rather than living because I for a long time I've heard 
and I've probably parroted it as well. Ooh, that's hard to say. Parroted it. The idea of like the Western consumerist lifestyle is a problem, and it is. That's not a good thing. But there's there's like something more to it than that. It's like the cons- it's almost the consumptive aspect of it is an affect, and like yeah. But there's more. Like it's not just stop buying stuff. It's also change the mindset that led to the buying of stuff. And I think the way you're the way you're describing it is a, a much simpler, clear like yes. Here's what you could consider. Here's what you could change. Left turn. Um, anything that was on your mind on your way over here that you were like, oh, I hope we get to talk about. Um, I think we actually talked about some of them having to do with there's this fine line and balance between being a person that wants to make change in environmental situations, in in um, earth practices, art, education, and and personal human connection. And then remembering that you are doing all of your <laughs> advertising online, which is not like, how do we make this connection with people without being sucked into this wormhole of Instagram and Facebook and, and doing a website and setting your SEOs and, and setting out email campaigns? I don't want to do any of that. I don't do and, any of that. Yes. And I am just I have I have tried to reel back actually and say, okay, I'm gonna post on Mondays and Tuesdays. I put my blog up on Thursday morning and then weekends are off limits for for what I'm doing unless I mean at the weekends I'm at the farmers market and I talk to everyone there. So mm-hmm. I I really, really pride myself in, in human connection. I talk about what I'm doing in all aspects everywhere. So if I'm volunteering at Rodale or if I'm at the Amaze Arts Commission or if I'm working in the borough or if I'm at JuxtaHub at their um, art community center that's going in or any of the other gajillion things that I do somehow, I talk about the other things and... I've been told that I'm a connector. Like, you need to talk to this person or this mm-hmm. person has something that would really suit you. I am not sending people to virtual things. I want to send people to people. Right, one-to-one. Draw a new line across yes. the graph, the social graph. It's really hard because my kids call me out on it all the time and it's so annoying. They're like, Mom, what's more important to you? Me or your iPhone? And I'm like... <laughs> Stop it. Like, I literally am working for five minutes. Yeah. This is my five minutes. And, like, it's already been four minutes and 52 seconds. So you have eight seconds to finish. <laughs> like, I just. I got eight more because you just, just blew three, kid. Yeah. I'm adding five minutes to this. <laughs> uh, it's hard when you're, when you're raising your children to be these nature children and, and they want to make change and they do art and they work with wood and they have. You know, they don't have any toys with batteries and and they're barely on screens. And then they're like, Mom, mm. you're on screens. Mm. This is bad for your brain. And I'm like, crap. <laughs> My brain's old and ossified. It doesn't affect me anymore. <laughs> yeah, but it makes me say like, I don't. I don't want them to remember me with just a square in front of my face. But they're clearly not going to. They, they're clearly doing it like, and, and that's great because how awesome is it that, you know, your, your support group, your circle of family is that much bigger. There's that many more people who like are, 
are aware enough of what you would like to be doing to yes. say like, hey, you know, you're not on task. I know. I love, I love them for it. I do. I'm glad that they are, they keep me real. Hmm. I'll give you, I'll do this the hard way. I'll give you a twofer, two completely different questions. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about books and tell me about books that you have read, <laughs> which have like, like mind expanding books that you've read? Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Or do you want to talk about superpowers? Uh, how could you? <laughs> um. <laughs> because that's, that's how I roll. So, um, if I had a superpower, it would be my love of books. Uh, <laughs> well played. I probably have uh, 5,000 books at my house, and I'm not exaggerating. Uh, Kirsten from Let's Play Books and Tom from Now and Then Books can let you know that I am telling the truth. So, I have shelves just for alternative education homeschooling and uh, unschooling and then I have shelves just for Rodale here's <laughs> the Rodale catalog uh, composting, gardening, permaculture sustainable gardening and then also herbalism maybe we should unpack who Rodale is a little bit if you've heard the word organic you can thank Bob um, so that all comes from Rodale, uh, which is originally, well, okay, so what was his dad's name? J.I. Rodale. Thank you. I'm like, what was his dad's name? Um, who moved here from Brooklyn or New York City and bought, I don't know if it was the only property, but bought the property that's like right over here that became the Wildlands Conservancy. And also... There's the Founders Farm, the which founders is on farm. Cedar Crest and Mine Site. Yeah. So anyway... If and you, then 333 acres in Kutztown which runs side-by-side -side trials in conventional and organic farming. And farming. didn't, okay, let's just go all in. Didn't Kutztown just, they just yes. announced. So they just announced that they're doing <laughs> a so five-year collaboration with Rodale, and they will be offering a Bachelor's of Science degree uh, in regenerative organic practices with Kutztown. So they'll be working together to implement a new and I, I believe that this is the only. That's what um, I was going to say. I think this is like program a, of its a, kind. yet another first that Rodale has managed to create, pull yes. out of its hat, invent. Um, yeah. Uh, so please go look up Rodale. Yeah. So many things we could say about Rodale. But I am on the J.I. Rodale Leadership Society, and I'm also a perennial donor. <laughs> <laughs> As well as a um, beloved volunteer. Mm. Book you've given most often to other people. Oh, well, it doesn't have anything to do with nature. I give the book Julian is a Mermaid to everyone that needs a little culture in their life. It's a beautifully illustrated book about a little boy who watches his grandmother get ready for this. Um, I believe it's the Coney Island Mermaid Parade. But he watches her get ready and, and she walks into her room to realize that he's like dressing up in pearls and he thinks he's going to get in trouble. And then she like, sorry, she just dresses him up and he goes with them in this beautiful costume. I am an advocate for just self-expression in all forms. Mm. So it's really important for me that children see that clothing is just clothing and children are 
human beings with all sorts of emotions and creativity and imagination, and it shouldn't be squashed depending on their gender. Mm. So that is uh, the book that I give to everyone. Largest book currently in your possession, either by pages or physical dimensions? Well, we just acquired the entire Hobbit and Lord of the Rings as a single series book. So I'm going to say it's eight inches thick. And we just got that last weekend, actually. Mm-hmm. But also the Welcome to the Museum series, Animalium and Botanicum, Planetarium. There's like an entire set. They are probably the largest in size that I have. And they are also beautifully illustrated about mm. their they're four children, but they're really also four adults. Nice. They're beautiful. Since you're hitting them out of the park, book which you most want but you can't actually get a hold of. Let's see how bad your bookophile problem really is. <laughs> I'm going to say that over the last two years since the pandemic started, I decided that any book that I wanted that I would have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so far you haven't been stumped. So, um, Iwagara. I might not be saying that right. It's a Native American book on native plant species to every region. And it's illustrated. It tells you the, the medicinal value, um, how to use the plant, how to grow it, how to cultivate. Um, I had that in my wish list for like two years. And it was out of stock. And I just received it like a month or so ago. Mm. So I was... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I-W-A-G-A. I-W-I-G-A. A-R-A, yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not omniscient. I'm looking over somebody's shoulder at a computer screen. That's interesting. Yeah, I've been stalking this book for a really long time. And Where did you first hear of it? I'm sure that um, Facebook targeted me in some type of ad. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that on there? Sure, you can. You're just like, I hate the internet. I uh, do. I it from Facebook. I I am actually not sure. There is a probability. It's it's more probable that I came across it doing listening to or interacting or participating in over 200 of professional development hours I've done in the last year yeah, or two. Yeah, somebody said, you should read this book. Yes. yes, it's very likely that that is really what happened. But if we're going to be honest here, there's also a small possibility that a small ad for it popped up on something that I was looking at at one time or another. See, there's, I, I think there's something to be said for it. the power tool that the internet, the, the dream of the internet can be. And like there, it can, the artificial engines, it can sift through things. Like it can make connections that a human mind can't, you can't sift through it all. So there's something to be said for, you know, yes, every once in a while, you know, something good comes out of it. But that doesn't mean that in general, it's all good. Yes. You don't need all of those coasters or <laughs> different types of vacuum cleaners. <laughs> Just stick with what you know. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. What? See, my problem is I've, I've listened to so many different conversations and I have millions of questions and I want to ask you all of them. 
<laughs> but I'm also not a big fan of rapid fire, like, you know, boom, 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 boom. I'm, I'm more interested in like, how does Lindsay think or what does Lindsay want to talk about or what do you want to share? Um, but sometimes from tiny seeds spring, um, if you could have a billboard, this is a famous oh. question. You do the billboard question? No, I've never done this. I mean, you've heard the question though, right? You've no. heard. Oh, sorry. This is a classic Tim Ferriss. If you could have a billboard, one billboard anywhere in the world, don't worry about languages. What would you put on the billboard? I, I just, I really want to say stop being a dick, but I think that if, if I had a billboard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll ask I, you a different question. I oh, no. you the billboard. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that I, I'd want to say it in a positive way. So just like. <laughs> Plant seeds of change would be my billboard, and I would put it right in front of the White House. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look out the windows. I, I th- yeah. but I think your instinct to like, oh, I know what to do. All right, how do I make that positive <laughs> or palatable? I think that if if more people cultivated, I'm not trying to be punny, cultivated that instinct, that'd be better. Like I, I just spent, you know, like four hours driving, not not today, but recently. And as I'm driving, I, I'm generally not in a hurry because where I don't like what? Okay. So I'm just driving along. So I have, Hey, there's a thing on car called cruise control, which nobody apparently uses anymore. Although I, I've learned that I attract Tesla's. Mm. Do you know why? Because they have adaptive cruise control. So whoever was driving, they set their cruise control. They roll up on me, you know, going a mile an hour faster. And then the Tesla automatically spaces. So it's like, regularly now I look in the rear mirror and there's a Tesla following me I'm like oh that's weird um, but anyway so I'm often driving on cruise control unlike everybody else I get to the accidents and the traffic jams just like everybody else right and as people get mad and go around me I keep thinking what could I put on the bumper on the back of my <laughs> it's a little like mini miniature van what could I put on the bumper that would be helpful Right, because I can put lots of things in the bumper, you know, mm-hmm. like, are you going to buy me dinner first? Like, there's lots of things I can yeah. put on the bumper. And the one thing that I, like, like, it needs to be something like, don't you think you were already this angry before you got stuck behind me? Yeah. Like, I want to, like, riff off that idea. Like, I want to put that on a billboard that says, like, maybe you were already this upset before you read the stupid billboard. Like, I, I always feel like there should be some way to to, like turn my energy into something that would actually help and you have put a lot of thought into that so yeah you're i like that your billboard was like that well now i was thinking about a bumper sticker (laughs) we used to play this game but our bumper stickers were not normally positive well they were puns (laughs) i love wordplay so they would say something but really really mean what you think they mean i can't think of any right now (laughs) I think I see your point. I'm trying to keep it clean, I think. It's all good. I'm not pausing to fish. I'm just pausing to think. I I feel like pulling on the art thread some more. What's the most amazing outdoor art installation you've seen recently? Hmm. I haven't had the opportunity to see a lot of outdoor installations recently. I have, however, just finished a 158-foot mural at Community Park in Emmaus. But I think that the most amazing outdoor art installation I saw was in Lyon, France in 2001. And there were, it was a collection and you had to find a map 
and it was a scavenger hunt through the city. So you would find a map and then go to one, and then it would give you clues, and you'd, like, go to the other, and it was a multi-sensory experience. So there were some that... They were rooms that had a ceiling, but uh, you walked on the floor and every tile was a different color and made a different sound. And if you remembered, you could change your pace and, and how you're moving to make different songs. And then uh, this other one was this, uh, this explosion of papers that were folded and crumpled in all different ways. And at first you're like, what is going on with this trash? But the way that you had to move around it to interact and see it was... Um, It was very moving. It instilled this movement in me that just stirred me in a way I wasn't expecting. I'm now wondering if interactive art might be a gateway that people would be more interested in approaching. Not necessarily people like listening, but I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know if a, a, I'm going to use the word simple. I don't mean that murals are easy to make, but a, I don't know if a simple mural will be enough to do it. Mm -hmm. But in other episodes, I've talked to people who talk about movement snacks or putting in like little miniature bronze sculptures and there's like a, you know, a find them trail and, and these kinds of things. And the like art geocaching. Yeah, the parents get like sucked in. The kids are like, oh, that's cool. And the kids are like, yeah, whatever. They dive into it because it's play. Mm -hmm. And then the parents get drawn into At the end, they're like, wow, I, you know, Mom, I'm tired and sore. And that was fun. And, and like, to me, that's art. Almost like, uh, not guerrilla art, but like there's a subtext or a, uh, what do you call that? A hidden purpose? Or? Yeah, so they're doing, um, we were supposed to do this last year, uh, the Mace Arts Commission in collaboration with JuxtaHub, where we were going to have a virtual art scavenger hunt through Emmaus, where there would be markers, and then you would have to download an app, and a sculpt, like, outdoor installation art that was virtual would pop up on your screen, and then you could look at it from different angles and go around town. It obviously never occurred. We're still working on doing some things, but... JuxtaHub does have some virtual reality components and things that they're working on. And so, I mean, if that's something that people think would be interesting, I definitely want to try to look into that because I want to raise awareness for environmental art, whether it is permanent or even virtual or a collaboration or mix of both just getting people outside working in nature and art and and learning and interacting with people is just so pivotal right now i think it's just needed in in such a deep way uh, i would agree <laughs> absolutely that yeah that's i'm glad we got to talk a little bit about art Here's a question I don't think I've ever asked anybody in the podcast. What is Mover's mindset like when you, you know, so we're like, hey, Lindsay, you want to do a podcast? It's like, just like, what? Who? Like, what What are your thoughts on why? What the, what's going on with, what are we trying to do? What's the point? What, what does it mean? Well, I got to look through a lot of the titles of the podcast that you've done. And I was just very 
intrigued. <laughs> I just thought this is something that really sparked something inside of me, like creating movement in so many ways. And I noticed, you know, there is a lot of parkour and yoga and mindfulness. And I saw one that was working for art as a way of therapy and overcoming depression and anxiety, I believe was, was the one. I, I want to learn more about, about your, <laughs> I wasn't fishing for that, but okay. I know. <laughs> I really do want to learn more. I, I think that, I think it's a really important thing to offer a platform for people to talk about change and movement in different ways and not just always equate movement with a physical action and how it movement really takes place. I think movement needs to start in your heart. So movement without heart is just. Yeah, I want to say calisthenics or just machinations or something. I think having this platform for podcasting about creating change and making small steps to greatness is is necessary for where we are as humans right now. Yeah, I, you know, like the idea of this is really important, not just in this particular show, but like in general, that comes up a lot when I talk to people and it's like, yeah, but you're working on it. Like Lindsay's working on it. There's 103 other people I've talked to who, whether they realize it or not, are working on it. And I'm like, I didn't, you know, like I didn't, you, you did all that on your own. I didn't, I had nothing to do with, and there's 103 people who are like, they did that on their own. So every time I talk to someone, I'm always, um, I want to say my faith in humanity is restored, but like there's a little bit of like, oh, good. Okay. I met yet another awesome human being who's got their head on straight and who is out there either fighting the good fight or just having a fun old time, you know, and that's contagious. So I think that as much as, yes, it's important that, you know, I give people a platform with this project. Um, it's also just as much an excuse for me to just like anybody will show up. If I say, Oh, we're recording a podcast. Like, Oh, okay. I'm down for that. (laughs) No clue what's going on. And they're like, yes, I'll, I'll sit down and have a conversation. So I just think it's your, your spot on though with my, um, my ideas about, movement doesn't have to just be physical there is human beings move that's definitely if you have to get a short set of words they move and that's if they can't move things get ugly um and there's something about it that's innate um i think it's physiologically necessary um aside from the simple like yes that's how your uh, lymphatic system works if you don't move it doesn't you know move but just at a cerebral level, we really need the tactile input. We need the, the visceral sensations. We need all that stuff. Um, but I think the the movers listening, all two of them, the movers listening, they know that. Um, and they're always, all the people that I talk to, I mean, like, without exception, everybody that I've talked to has always been like, yeah, how do I share whatever their, whatever their personal passion was? They always wanted to share it more. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on movers mindset i almost feel like i should there should be a new question which is you know describe your movers mindset but then that forces people into my you know (laughs) my crazy shaped box cool all right i think um i don't know that i have to so as soon as i get well yeah i know (laughs) 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 i'm laughing because we before we press record i always warn me like i'm gonna ask this question at the end you're gonna forget now she's had enough warning she's like i haven't forgotten um what i was gonna say is i'm always 
I always have the urge to like, I feel like I have to find a way to wrap up this conversation into a nice bundle so that people out there get a takeaway. And I'm like, no, actually, I don't. Don't have to do that. I can just say, and of course, the final question, three words to describe your practice. Plant a seed. I think that's just what I want to say. Terrific. As I often say. Um, thank you, Lindsay, for taking the time for coming over, for doing all that you're doing, both with your kids, but in education and in the Emmaus Arts Council. Emmaus is a little backwards sometimes. We do need more, more people working hard to drag us into the 20th century. Cool. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs>